This week, I have a special guest on the podcast, Dr. Cecilia Lopez. She's a practicing therapist with a doctorate and master's in counseling psychology, and she offers wonderful educational content on wellness and mental health on her podcast, Mindful Living, as well as great tips on TikTok and Instagram to develop the skills we need to promote a life of well-being and flow. Cecilia uses cognitive behavioral therapy in her work, and today we're talking about those automatic thoughts that influence our behaviors without our even recognizing them. Listen up. I think you're going to love this. Cecilia, welcome to Nearly Mindful. I'm I'm so excited because we've had great conversations, and you know, this, this new series is going to be really wonderful because I'm bringing people on like you that I really value and I think have a lot to share with my listeners. So thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> the last time we talked, we were talking about what automatic thinking is and things that we can do around that. Can you Kind of give us a little example and maybe explain a little bit more what automatic thinking is. Yes. So automatic thinking is, okay, we actually don't normally notice our automatic thoughts first. It, in cognitive behavioral therapy, the simple model of it is that your thoughts influence and impact your emotions and that influences your behaviors and then you have consequences of those behaviors. And even though it starts with a thought, and I shouldn't even say thought, it's more like an interpretation or a perception. So <laughs> we all have these belief systems. We have these core belief systems that we operate with. And many of us have many core beliefs that are very, very healthy. This is what allows us to maybe have uh, healthy friendships and take care of our hygiene and work and, you know, whatever take care of our kids and our dogs and stuff. But somewhere along the lines, we sometimes have like one or two core belief systems that need a little tweaking. And this is what sometimes contributes to anxiety or depression or basically experiencing uncomfortable emotions. Mm -hmm. And so how we perceive certain things directly from this model, from this framework, cognitive behavioral therapy framework, how we perceive things directly influences how we feel. So if we are experiencing an uncomfortable emotion, most likely we are experiencing a perception that is causing that. So for example, if I am at a coffee shop and I'm waiting in line and then somebody turns around and spills their entire grande whatever coffee all over my white shirt <laughs> how i how i automatically perceive that situation is going to directly influence how i feel in that moment so that's so depending on the person i could have a perception of how dare this person spill coffee on me raw 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 right and be really upset and blame them right and that's going to be very dependent on my belief systems and my frameworks of how I think. I could be a completely different person with a different belief system and think, oh my gosh, everybody is looking at me. They think that I am the reason why this person spilled it on me. I'm so embarrassed I can never set foot in here again. 
Both are the same exact situations, but two completely different perceptions causing two completely different emotions. The first one might cause anger and the second one might cause more like embarrassment or shame or something like that. Mm. So the thing is, the beautiful thing about all of this is, is that even though we have these automatic thoughts, you can reframe them you can reframe them and therefore change how you feel. And even if your feelings don't change right away, <laughs> the more that you cycle through the reframed thought, the more that you repeat the reframed thought, the more likely your body is going to start believing your new thoughts. Mm, okay. <laughs> so it's a way for us to, we have first have to recognize that we have automatic thinking, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Is there a process to going, wow, somebody just spilled coffee all over me. And instead of being unhappy, I'm feeling guilty. So what I usually tell my clients to do and my students is I tell them to use and use their body as their signal. Their body is going to let them know that something is wrong. <laughs> and that is when you can consciously or mindfully go to your own mind, metacognition, right? Think about thoughts, thinking about thinking. And you can ask yourself, what am I thinking right now? So, what the heck am I thinking? <laughs> yeah. Like what, what, like, what is my thought process? Uh -huh. Sometimes in the moment, things are going to go so fast that you're going to just have your automatic thoughts and your automatic emotions and that's perfectly fine because we're human and we're not machines <laughs> mm -hmm. so okay but a lot of times people will continue the thought process that's causing the discomfort even after the event has already passed mm -hmm. so even after the coffee is spilled and they might feel embarrassed they might still be running that thought through their mind and so this is when you really need to with a lot of emphasis and intention reframe your thoughts so if we're continuing the story quote story right or emphasis on the word story that they all thought that i'm a klutz and that that was my fault and i'm so embarrassed mm. right never step foot in that coffee shop again even though it's my favorite coffee shop right that's the story that you have to you have to actually look at like is there another way that i could look at the situation so to answer your first question your body is your signal to let you know that you need to kind of go in like what am i thinking of when your heart's beating faster when your skin is getting hot when you're hyperventilating when you're feeling nervous and you're shaking that's your body telling you that something's wrong and that's when you go into the mind and be like okay well what am i actually like thinking about that's contributing to my body feeling like this and after the fact if you're still running the same story through your mind then you can also go in and be like, is there another way that I could look at, look at this? Mm, yeah, that makes sense. So let's go a little bit further into what is the definition of reframing? Because it sounds so simple. Oh, <laughs> It always sounds so simple. And then, and then it's like, well, it's a lot of complexities to it. Yeah. So reframing is creating a new story. So if I said to myself, everybody is looking at me, everybody thinks that I'm a klutz, whatever, whatever, right? That is the story that I'm telling myself. Even if it's just one sentence, somebody cuts us off in traffic and then we take it personally. How dare they do this to me, right? We're taking this all so personally. That is a story. They are doing something to me 
that is causing me suffering in this moment or whatever. So that's the story. So reframing is taking the information and making a new story. And sometimes that information is simply the acknowledgement that there is not enough information to make the story. Mm, like the guy cutting you off. Yeah. Certainly have, that's not personal. Right. We have no idea what's going on in that person's mind. If they even saw us, if they just like really have to go to the bathroom, like we have no idea what's going on. And sometimes saying that we don't know what the person's thinking or their intentions is the story. If I was thinking it with the coffee shop example, everybody's staring at me. I would ask myself, did I actually look at every single person in there to confirm that every single person was staring at me? Mm-hmm. If I didn't even look around and I'm just assuming that everybody was looking at me, that is a new story. Well, I don't even really know if anybody paid attention because it was so loud in there. There was music playing. They had the, all the machines going. People were talking. Like everybody was, a lot of people had their headphones in. Like, why would I even, how do I know that everybody was actually staring at me? And so that is like going through the motions of making a new story. I don't really know if everybody was staring at me. Mm. I'm so embarrassed. I can never step foot in there. I would ask myself, has there never in the history of coffee shops been somebody that spilled coffee? (laughs) Like the people in there probably are so used to that, right? Mm. That's a new story. I'm making up a new story based on what I know and also what I don't know. And if you're going to make up, if you're going to make up thoughts, like in out of thin air, based on no evidence, you might as well make up better thoughts. <laughs> that don't yeah, make you that's so bad. true. Because we do, we, we get stuck in those stories and that kind of, okay, when I see that person, I get anxious because one time, 10 years ago, we had a bad meeting. And now every time I see him or see his name or you know, no, I'm going to have a meeting with him. I'm like, oh, nervous. This is going to be bad. What a way to set ourselves up. Yeah. Yeah. If we tell ourselves something is going to be bad, we, if we really believe that with our core, how the schema works, how this like framework of your, like think of a schema as like your, like your goggles. Mm -hmm. If we have this belief system and these goggles are, this meeting is going to be bad. I believe it. I believe that this person is not a nice person. This meeting's going to, can I say suck? Mm-hmm. <laughs> this meeting's going to suck. You can also say fuck up. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know what the parameters are here. Uh, <laughs> we, will, we will start looking for evidence that confirms that this meeting sucks. Mm. It's like two different file cabinets. You got, you got yellow files and then you got green files. Yellow files are, this is going to suck. Green files are like, I don't know how it's going to go because this meeting takes place in the future and I have no idea what it's going to be like. Mm-hmm. Let's just wait and see. If we're already believing that it's going to suck, we're going to look for things that confirm that it sucks so that it makes sense to our belief system. Right. Right. So if I'm back to my coffee shop example, if I think that I, if I naturally think that I'm a klutz or that I'm clumsy or that everything is my fault or something like that, if I already have that belief system kind of floating around all the time, then yeah, I'm going to think that, that the person who spilled the coffee on me, that it was my fault, even though why would the heck would that be my fault? You know, like I was just standing there, right? And this has never happened to me, but I've given this example so many times that it feels like an actual memory. Mm. Um, <laughs> Another example of stories. <laughs> right. 
or that you tell yourself a story, it does like your, your mind can't tell the difference between what you're imagining and what's actually happening. Mm -hmm. So, so if you run the same stories through your mind over and over again, your body's going to keep responding as if that's actually happening. And that's the importance of reframing your thoughts. It's like, if the story you're telling yourself is making you feel like, like shit, if I could say that, yeah, let's say a different story. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I gave an example the other day um, on the, one of my little one minute videos. And I said to kind of pretend like a coffee mug is your narrative. So you're looking at the coffee mug, you know, with the handle on the right and you're looking at it from that angle. And that angle is, this is my fault. The situation is the same. If you flip the coffee mug the other way, this, the coffee still spilled on your shirt. A couple people said, Oh my God, are you okay? Cause the coffee was hot. Maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. People still came and cleaned it. It's fine, right? But if I flip the mug the other way, now I have to make a new story. I'm looking at the same situation from a different angle. Now the coffee handle is on the left side. So I'm going to make a new story. Same situation. Right. Just, just a different way of thinking about it. And that directly will create different emotions. Even if your original emotions are still in, um, even if your heart's still beating, you still feel embarrassed. If you keep doing the same story that causes the embarrassment feelings, you will still continuously feel embarrassed even three days later. Mm. Mm. So sorry, my little 20% battery. I think we're fine. So (laughs) um, I have a charger. So we want to make sure that we are at least catching the unhelpful thoughts too. Mm -hmm. That's another component of reframing your thoughts is to be able to know when you're even experiencing an unhelpful thought. How do you even know that? I can answer that question for you if you want. I would like you to answer that question for us. So the first thing, like I mentioned earlier, is your cue or your signal to even, even ask yourself the questions. It's kind of like Socratic questioning, like asking yourself questions that kind of causes you to think about things from a different angle. Your Mm -hmm. signal to do that is when you feel uncomfortable emotions, when you feel embarrassment, shame, guilt, anger, irritation, um, sadness, jealousy, whatever, right? When you feel those, those uncomfortable emotions, that's when it's a good idea to go in and be like, all right, like what, what story am I telling myself? What story am I telling myself? What am I thinking? What am I worrying about? Usually Mm -hmm. that's like a, a, better question like what's the problem here in the mind and then asking yourself after you've answered that question like what am i thinking what am i worrying about do i have evidence there are 10 unhelpful thinking styles or some other therapists might call them um cognitive biases but i call them unhelpful thinking styles there are 10 mm. and i make clients memorize all 10 of them and i <laughs> them like when I, when I start therapy with somebody and they have like a, um, anxiety or anger, I, the first like five sessions I'm teaching them, I'm coaching them. And then we go into more traditional therapy where we do more back and forth talking and we process. But the first few sessions, they're like barely talking, like their notepad is out, pencils out. Like we are, I'm teaching them because it's so important in my opinion to know when you are jumping to conclusions catastrophizing emotional reasoning black and white thinking right these are all unhelpful thinking styles that are based on either no evidence or or stories that are super unhelpful Mm -hmm. and if you recognize that you have more you 
and I shouldn't say it like all or nothing, but you're more likely to have more buy-in to reframe your thought. If you know, like, aha, I am generalizing right now. I am mind reading. I am assuming that I know what other people are thinking when they have not told me that that's what they are thinking. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So you have more buy-in to reframe the thought if you know that this is, is, is like an official unhelpful thought. <laughs> I love that. This is an official unhelpful thought. That's an important, because, you know, we don't, we go through our lives just riding those assumptions without mm -hmm. stopping to look at them and go, okay, where did this come from? You know, and it, both positive and negative, but, you know, I mean, we're trying to work on the negative ones right now. <laughs> <clears throat> when my clients have positive thoughts that you could technically classify as a unhelpful thinking style if it's like an all or nothing or a generalized thought but it's like positive I'm like whatever if it's not causing you any problems like I don't care about mm -hmm. those <laughs> it's the ones that cause you issues that I want you to to recognize more and get more of a handle on yeah yeah that makes a lot of sense yeah <laughs> yeah well when we get done with the podcast you're gonna have to email me the list of 10 things so I can put it in the description because I know that people are going to want that to to be able to think about um, which of these things, you know, are in our heads. Um, yeah. I was working with a client the other day and she was like, I can't let my kid work out in the play out in the front yard anymore because every time he goes out there and he's out there by himself, I catastrophize and just like, I can't hear anything. And I'm sure he's just been hit by a truck and mm. um, our minds do that. Yeah. Yeah. I can't every time. <laughs> Those are also, <laughs> right? Like trigger words. If she's, yeah. Yeah. Like these, these stories can, the, like I mentioned earlier, the body really believes the stories. Mm. And this is why memories, when you have like, like happy memories, you'll feel sometimes the same emotion that you felt when you're thinking about this memory from 10 years ago. And you're like, oh, right. And you get all the feels. Same thing is if you think of like a breakup that you had 10 years ago, mm. you still, if it's still bothering you, right? Like hopefully not, then come see me. Um, <laughs> yeah, the but, but you know what I mean? Like, the the body will respond to your mind and so if we're catastrophizing and thinking of this like really intense tragedy yeah how can we do anything the body is going to respond as if that tragedy is actually happening mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. as long as we just keep repeating it we get to keep reliving it yeah yeah so this is why mindfulness practice is so helpful because it even if our mind does go there, even if we do, because it's okay, because I have clients that will um, sometimes um, get down on themselves for having the unhelpful thought. And that's mm -hmm. when I segue them over into mindfulness with the, the no judgment aspect of mindfulness. Mm -hmm. Like you are a human being, you have, been, you have had the same thinking patterns for 30 plus years. I do not expect you to just be this like magic thinking person, you know, like that just never has an unhelpful thought. I still have them sometimes. It's noticing that you're, you're experiencing them. Mm. Notice that you're experiencing them. Then you, can, then you can mindfully and with intention breathe, recenter yourself back to the present moment and then recognize whether or not you're having unhelpful thoughts and then intentionally and mindfully create a new story 
or not. I tell my clients, you don't always have to make up a new story. Sometimes mm-hmm. all you do is just recognize that you're having an unhelpful thought and then just bring yourself back to the present moment. Right. You can skip, you skip the other part if you want. Yeah. They're not all so deep that we have to go forward and write a novel. To exactly. Them. Exactly. Sometimes just little things like if somebody spilled something on you, like it's not like you're losing your job or something like something huge it's like it's a t-shirt right and mm-hmm. you know it's like one moment in time and now you have like a coffee scene t-shirt it's not the end of the world so that might be an example of of noticing the unhelpful thought taking a breath just just acknowledging that that you're mind reading or something like that and mm-hmm. then coming back to the present moment sometimes that's all you need to do when it's bothering you if it keeps coming up third day after the event and it's still bothering you that's when you really should go in and be like, all right, what exactly is the story I'm telling myself and how can I think about this differently? Mm, yeah. So yeah. that makes it a little bit more manageable to know that you don't have to like go through a whole thought record, which is like a, a process of reframing your thoughts. You challenge the thoughts with evidence and you, you know, use the evidence to make new thoughts. And it's like a structured chart that I teach my clients how to do, but yeah, you don't have to do it for every single thing. Right. Do it for the big ones. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we drive ourselves crazy if we did it for every little thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> seriously. Yeah. And sometimes you like, you can do a thought record, but sometimes I tell my clients, I'm like, use your friends. Friends are often like sounding boards. I was like, use them to help you make up new thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes that's easier than doing it yourself. You're so much in your head. You can't, you know, get yeah. out of it far enough to see clearly. Yeah. Yeah. Friends, as long as, as long as, um, you are doing a lot of the work and you're not making the friends like tell you how to think because <laughs> that's you. what you are relying on other people um right. want the i would want the person to still rely on themselves to reframe the thought but just kind of mm-hmm. use the friend as like you know their support i guess yeah well i think this is really helpful obviously okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, i really appreciate it and and um you know, I think that the more that we can spend time being mindful about, okay, what's going on in my body? I'm feeling really tense and I'm not sure why, you know, to start figuring it out. What's going on here and why did I respond that way or why did this happen? Um, and what can I do to change the story to make it be a better fit so I don't carry it around for the rest of my life? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Cecilia, thank you so much. And I would love for you to just tell people how they can find you. And before, I highly recommend that people follow you on Instagram and TikTok because I just love your little short videos are just so insightful and useful. But um, why don't you tell them how they can find you? Yes. Um, So I am on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook at Dr. Cecilia Lopez, and my website, drcecilialopez.com. I'm accepting therapy clients. If you live in California and you're looking for a therapist, come find me. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and then I have my own podcast where I also, you know, I, I'm going to be posting the episode with you <laughs> today. Um. And so Mindful Living with Dr. Cecilia Lopez. Oh, that's great. That's Mm -hmm. great. Thank you so much. I really appreciate the time and the insights. And I'm sure that the listeners will too. Thank you.